Before we start today's show, we want to tell you about another awesome sports podcast. Our friends over at Goal Line Gab put out new episodes every Wednesday, talking about the latest in your favorite sports. Check it out at Goal Line Gab on Twitter or search it on Spotify. Welcome to another edition of the Second and Goal Fantasy Podcast. I'm Calvin, your host, back here with your co-host, Chris, the fantasy expert. And in today's show, we will be recapping the NFL draft and giving our Dynasty Rookie Draft preview for 2021. This will probably be the last main focused, main episode focused on Dynasty for a while, where it's just pretty much focused on Dynasty, like that's the main topic of the show. But on today's show, we'll be talking about the best and worst landing spots in the NFL draft, and we'll be giving our top 24 rookie rankings as well as giving some potential sleepers for you to get later in your rookie draft so if in your, you're in a dynasty league or in a redraft league this is your big your one big show to hear our opinions on the rookies and where we rank them chris is back i'm back and i'm excited to get started yeah me too all right uh there's no news today so we're gonna go uh i guess we can go right into best and worst landing spots chris if you're ready yeah sure all right Best landing spots in this draft, and uh, this might be the quickest we've ever started a show. Uh, the I think <clears throat> there are four main landing spots that are really the best, and I think the one we have here first might be the best one of them all, just because it's pairing a quarterback I really love with a wide receiver Chris really loves. Elijah Moore is on the New York Jets, got picked number 34 overall, and apparently the Jets were really, really shocked that he fell to them. He could potentially become the number one wide receiver in that offense right away out of the slot, pairing super well with Zach Wilson, who has an absolutely great arm. So I'm super excited. I have Elijah Moore really high in my rookie rankings, so you'll hear of how high later, but I'm super excited for this landing spot for fantasy and real life. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it's it's one of the, he's one of the most dynamic players. One of the best footwork um, I've ever seen when when watching wide receivers. So uh, I'm excited to see what he does. He's in a really good situation. And the Jets did a good job of building around Zach Wilson, too, with uh, Elijah Vera Tucker and then Elijah Moore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they uh, with Corey Davis as well. Corey Davis isn't going to have as much pressure on him now that Elijah Moore is there. And Elijah Moore could take over that wide receiver one role because I think he's talented enough to do so. And I think Chris does as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Javante Williams also had a really good landing spot. And I mean, this is something that maybe not everyone would agree with. This is something also that Chris has been hyping up, especially. So Chris, I'll let you talk about this mainly, but for the Broncos, uh, they traded up in the second round, which is encouraging to get Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon only has one year left on his contract. Chris expects Javante Williams to take over this backfield pretty soon. And when he does, he's in a pretty solid offense. They don't have much at quarterback, but other than that, I mean, got a lot of weapons at wide receiver, Jerry, Judy, Cortland Sutton, and then Noah Fant at tight end. Yeah, definitely. I'm excited to see what he does. I think he's in a really good situation. It's great for him to have Melvin Gordon, so he's not going to be facing all the pressure uh, right off the bat, but I think he's going to develop really nicely, and he's a good good fit for that offense. He can pretty much do it all. I think he can be an RB1. He's, that's, he's one of the, my favorite players that I'm looking for in this rookie draft. I'm looking to trade up to grab him in our draft. Yeah, we're having a draft at 7 p.m. Eastern tonight, so it will have already happened by the time you guys hear this, but we're recording on Sunday. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and we're Chris is looking to trade up to the 105 because there are five players that he really likes in the rookie draft, and you'll hear those five um, mm-hmm. later. Yeah. Najee Harris went to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and this is a destination that not very many people like just because the Steelers don't have good run blockers, but I'm fine with it just because Najee Harris is thrown into this situation where he is the guy. And we know he's talented enough to be the guy. He could be one of the best running back prospects we've seen in a while, in my opinion, mm-hmm. just because I've what stood out on his film was his athleticism, but his also his ability to break tackles and catch passes all at once. So Najee Harris went to Pittsburgh, not much blocking there, but he'll get a ton of carries. So that's why I really like this destination. Yeah, definitely. And it's just because they have a huge void looking for a number one running back. And Najee Harris is ready to step in and be that guy from day one. So though it's not the best offensive line, it's really just the amount of carries he's going to get. And he's going to be a workhorse back with Benny Snell as kind of a, a little bit of a change of pace. So I think that he's going he's gonna to get a lot of work there, and he's definitely in the right situation. That's where I was hoping he would go because I think that's where he can have the, the biggest impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, that's what – 
a lot of people expected as well. And I was hoping he would go there too. I was glad that it wasn't Travis Etienne who went there because as a patient runner, Etienne could struggle behind those uh, offensive, that offensive line. And uh, Etienne didn't really go to a good spot, but at least Najee went to a solid place. And mm-hmm. we're going to have that debate about who's the rookie 101 later. Najee Harris is certainly in consideration. Yep. Uh, last best landing spot, uh, Rondale Moore went to Arizona. And this is a good landing spot for him because he could step in and be the wide receiver too right away. But I am concerned about Rondale Moore because I feel like while he's a great speed guy, he's not the most well-rounded receiver. He's, I mean, he's shorter, so he can't really go up for those contested catches as well. And I mean, yes, he will get some targets in year one, but I feel like he could be um, ending up like another Andy Isabella from just to use an example from that own their own team. It's a good landing spot for him if he proves he can be good in the NFL. I'm just not sure he can be yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm in agreement agreement with you there. Um, while I do like where he fits right here, and I mean, we're talking about best fits, so that's why we have him here. I don't necessarily love him as a player. I think he's a little bit one dimensional kind of only a speed guy. I don't trust him to do much else. So, yes, I love where he ended up, but I don't know if uh, how how good he's going to be. But if he does end up being anywhere near a solid receiver, he's going to be perfect with Kyler Murray in that offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. There's going to be a lot of targets to go around because he can step into that role right away. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, we can do the worst landing spots real quick. We're just kind of – we're trying to go through this pretty quick so that we can get to the rankings because the rankings are probably the most important part of this, and we'll be talking about all these guys later. But the worst landing spot – probably out of all of these, is Travis Etienne going to the Jaguars. Not only did the Jaguars waste a first-round pick on a running back who they say is going to be their third-down back behind the one-two punch of James Robinson and Carlos Hyde, which I think is ridiculous. I don't think they're actually going to put him behind Carlos Hyde, but it really stinks for both Etienne's fantasy value and James Robinson's because you're throwing two really talented backs together and just it's one or both of them are going to fall short on carries in most games, and it's not... Like I was a James Robinson, I was a James Robinson fan, and I think they the Jaguars had many other needs, and that they should maybe have taken a running back in the later rounds to get some depth. But in the first round, this is a bad pick in my opinion, and it stinks for fantasy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you here. Though I do like Travis Etienne as a back. It was a little bit surprising that they weren't willing to uh, trust James Robinson in the full. I did expect them to draft another running back at the uh, by the end of day two but I didn't expect it to come this early. I think there were more pressing needs for the Jaguars, but uh, I still think that he can have a solid fantasy impact just because of how talented he is, can, how talented he is. And uh, I think that he's going to eventually face out James Robinson and become the number one back in that backfield. Yeah, that's my worry. He might, and Robinson might be traded or they might let him walk in two years. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, Trey Sermon with the 49ers. This is just a- absolute garbage landing spot because the 49ers have Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, and uh, and Wayne Gallman as well. So that's going to be... And Jamichael... Uh, I forget his last name. Jamichael Hasty. Yeah, Jamichael Hasty. Wait, could you hear that vacuum go off in the background for like two seconds? Mm-mm. No, I oh, That's good. Yeah, <laughs> for some reason, someone turned a vacuum on right outside of my door. I'm glad the mic <laughs> blocked that out. But yeah, this really... Like, this is... Such a jumbled back backfield. Trey Sermon is mainly stinks for Trey Sermon, who's not going to do much in the NFL now, having to beat out all these guys. Like at best, he's probably third string. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you here. It's really sad because he was one of my favorite running back prospects, and I was looking to grab him, but now I'm not so sure just because of the landing spot. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, I I don't know if he was one of my favorites, but I can understand wanting to get him because you're always looking for those sleepers especially since the top three have such big of a tier gap over everyone else top three running backs Mm -hmm. in this class uh we can end with one wide receiver and then another wide receiver that we're going to talk about that's very it it, the the pick was very near and dear to my heart and it wasn't in a good way but first let's talk about Dwayne Eskridge who the Seahawks wasted a second round pick on I mean, I'm not saying Dwayne Eskridge is bad, but wide receiver is not a need for this team right now, or at least there are many, many other needs. And when you only have three picks in a draft, you don't spend it on a guy. You don't spend it on a wide receiver. I'm not even going to knock Eskridge. This isn't about Eskridge. This is about the pick. And it's going to stink because it's going to make Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf even more inconsistent in fantasy. Yeah, definitely. I just didn't like, I didn't like this pick by the Seahawks. It it just wasn't needed. And uh, while Eskridge is a good player, I'm not sure what his role in that offense is going to be. Yeah, I don't really know. I mean, maybe as a third guy, but 
he's, I guess, out of Vanderbilt, a guy who was rising up of draft boards, but this isn't a Seahawks pick. I'm just very confused overall. Mm-hmm. And they also, they also passed on Terrace Marshall, which I don't hate because Eskridge isn't that bad, but um, it's just, I, I think, it, I know Terrace Marshall was dropping because of medical issues, so I can understand but I mean, this medical issue stuff has like been crazy for a lot of players. So I mean, you gotta mm-hmm. you gotta wonder whether it's actually like something to be worried about or not. We'll see how Terrace Marshall does in the NFL. Yep. And then this last one, Chris actually thinks is a fantastic landing spot, is Jamar Chase to the Bengals. I don't like it because this is because of Tyler Boyd and nothing else. Because Tyler Boyd, who was absolutely one of my favorite players on pace to be a wide receiver one in fantasy before Burrow got hurt was going to be a reliable week-to-week starter. And he can still be good in fantasy. He's still going to be really underrated. But with his wide receiver 30 ADP for like a mid-tier wide receiver two or better, like he could have even been borderline wide receiver one, potentially. I would have probably ranked him around like 18 or so, which he is. He could have been like a very, very, very good value. Someone I was looking for in the seventh round of redraft leagues, that perfect spot to get like a Tyler Boyd or a Cortland Sutton but it's no longer going to be – it's only going to be Sutton there now because Jamar Chase has gone to the Bengals. And don't get me wrong, I'll still be looking for Boyd in, rookie, in my drafts, but I'm very, very disappointed that Tyler Boyd is not – like I was really looking forward to a second offseason of hyping him up as a stud in fantasy, which now he won't be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. But I love this fit for Jamar Chase, though. The <laughs> chemistry with Joe Burrow, he's going to be step in right, right away as that number one wide receiver. And uh, – they threw 23 touchdowns, I think, Jamar Chase had in 2019 with Joe Burrow at quarterback. This is going to be a deadly Jeez. combination. I'm excited to see what they do in the NFL. Yeah, I guess now in the future thing that we've learned is if Joe Burrow requests a draft pick, it's probably going to happen because they mm-hmm. passed on Penny Sewell, which is not a good move for the team because you want to keep your franchise quarterback healthy. And yeah, great. You could use another wide receiver, but like it, it doesn't, that's not what you're looking for right now because you already have two really, really good ones. Yep. All right. Let's move on to the rookie rankings. This is going to be the main focus of the show. And we'll start off with number one, like, like we should. And I think there's a actually a decent debate at number one about whether it's Jamar Chase or Najee Harris. Are you looking for the longevity? Because if so, you probably want Harris uh, Chase's 10 or 12 year career over Harris's maybe seven or eight or nine year career. I mean, Harris is going to be ridden a lot in his first few years. That's clear. So he, he might, be gone by 28 or 29 it's very possible but uh yeah chris we disagree but i just think these guys are too close for it's too close to call for me almost it just really comes down to whether your team needs a wide receiver or a running back for me mm-hmm. yeah definitely i'm kind of in agreement with you there calvin uh i just it's i think that jamar chase might be able to put up and i think that he'll he will be putting up more fantasy points Right. Mm -hmm. But I think getting that number one running back is so important because they are so hard to find and they're so limited. Whereas you can get a lot more like better receivers. I mean, a wide receiver three in an offense can still have a role, you know, on your fantasy team. Whereas a wide receiver or running back three on a team is going to have any role in fantasy, you know, let alone an RB two most of the time. Yeah, exactly. So I think that getting Najee is more important. That's why I'd go Najee if I had the number one pick, but it's definitely a close call and you can definitely make the case for either one. Yeah, and it, I've, I'm just going to pick based on need. Like, say, I'm trying to think. With my Dynasty team, I'm trying to think what I would do at the 101 because I'm pretty balanced. And, Chris, you can tell me the same, but I have, like, at running back, I've got DeAndre Swift, CEH, and J.K. Dobbins. Great trio of running backs. But we have two flex spots and three wide receivers. And at wide receiver, I have Evans, Galladay, Sutton, and DJ Chark. So I could – it's not, like, an issue of who I would start. Like, if I had the 101, which I don't, I have the 107 – if I pick Jamar Chase, he'd probably start over DJ Chark. Same with Najee Harris. So in that case, oh my gosh, that's crazy. I don't have that much running back depth. I'd probably go with Najee Harris, just like you said, because wide receivers are so easy to find. So actually, or easier to find, so much easier than running backs. So just because of that, I'm actually going to move Najee ahead of Jamar Chase, although it's very close. But what would mm-hmm. you do if you had, like, you had the one on one with your team? Uh, if I had the one on one with my team, I would go ahead and select Najee Harris, even though I have Saquon and Josh Jacobs, who I still like. I'd still like Josh Jacobs despite his uh, his newfound competition. But uh, I think getting that third running back is really helpful for me just because my next two running backs are Chase Edmonds and David Johnson. 
two players that I think could be phased out of their offenses very soon, especially David Johnson. I mean, I, I like Chase Edmonds, though. But, I mean, I think the biggest thing is just that I would much rather have that number one running back because I feel like it's a, just such a premium to have him. And so even though my running backs, you would probably say, are stronger than my wide receivers, I'm definitely going to go ahead and grab that good running back to be in that flex spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I will too. I It's 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 a tough decision, but I, that makes Jamar Chase the easy 102 for me. And um, yeah, I definitely understand it. Because even if Jamar Chase like has a better career and scores more fantasy points, Najee is going to be there right away. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, that's. I guess that settles the top two. Number three, though, do we differ? Uh, no, we don't. It's Javante Williams for both of us. And Chris, you're higher on this landing spot than I am. I don't expect Williams to put necessarily take over in year one. Although I do think with running backs, landing spot tends to like not matter real quick. Like remember when DeAndre Swift was buried on a depth chart? That didn't last very long at all. So I could definitely see what you're hoping for, which is like kind of a total Williams takeover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. That's what I'm really... That's what I think is got to happen for him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, he's just such a good runner. So just bowls people over. Great at breaking tackles. Better than anyone in the co- uh, college football at that last mm-hmm. year. Yep. All right. And then number four, we actually do differ. I have Devonta Smith. Chris has Kyle Pitts. And I think this, this is, is also... Because I think Kyle Pitts is, is going to be a do-it-all. And yes, he has some competition, but I see Julio Jones... In one or two years, he's not going to be competing and playing for the Falcons. I think Kyle Pitts is just – he can play receiver too. He's not limited to the tight end position, which makes him so special in fantasy, and that's why I really want to have him. I just feel like he's the most special player in this draft, the most dynamic player, the best hands in this draft. He's got pretty much everything you want, so I feel like his position shouldn't hold him back from being number four. Yeah, I guess that's fair. And I mean, because you want that elite tight end, that tight end premium is so important. I mean, because if I, I feel like if I told you that Kyle Pitts was a wide receiver, then he would easily be number four. Yeah, actually, you know what? I think you're right. I will, um, I'll put him. But he can at, play wide receiver. That's the thing. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I might even put him at number three, to be honest. Yeah, he could play wide receiver if he wanted to, because that getting that generational tight end is so important. I guess I'll leave him at number four for now, but I would understand taking Kyle Pitts as high as number three in your rookie draft. And then Devontae Smith is number five, I guess, for both of us, which makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think Chris and I decided that there was a pretty clear top five overall, and Devontae Smith is an absolutely incredible player great route runner yes he doesn't weigh that much but 23 touchdowns in a shortened season first wide receiver Heisman winner in 29 years says it all this guy's an outlier so I mean we don't need to hear the analytics stuff where it's like oh this third round wide receiver uh who weighed 166 pounds wasn't good Devonta Smith's no third round wide receiver and I'm not saying we don't need to hear Mm -hmm. analytics in general but this is one where I'm trusting my eyes over the stats yep definitely I'm right there with you Calvin I love Devonta Smith He's so good at reading defenses and getting open, and he's really good with the ball in his hands, too. Sometimes that's a category where people discount him, but he's just as good as a Jamar Chase, probably even better when he gets the ball in his hands. So I I really like Devontae Smith, and I definitely think that he could end up being the the number one wide receiver out of this draft class, not only for fantasy, but also for the NFL. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he definitely could. And that would that's what puts him here. Even with Jalen Hurts as his quarterback, he can still overcome that if he gets enough targets. And he's the only guy there, like at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Number six, speaking of the only guy there, Elijah Moore. That's my number six. Chris, you might think this is a bit bold, but when he's tied to my QB1 in this class, Zach Wilson, I am absolutely loving this. I could see like my dream for him and what I think his ceiling could be is a more consistent Tyler Lockett. And we all know that a more consistent Tyler Lockett can be a wide receiver one in fantasy pretty easily. That's Elijah Moore's ceiling. So I would absolutely love it if that happened. And I do think there's a decent chance because Elijah Moore plays a lot like Tyler Lockett. He has a great release, great route running, and just great after the catch. And I mean, good. And he's in the slot as well. And aside from Corey Davis, there's really no one to take targets from him. I mean, you could say Jamison Crowder, but Crowder's purely a slot guy. So they're going to take Elijah Moore. Uh, and start him over um, Jamison Crowder, I would be almost, uh, I'd be pretty sure of that, at least if not quite out of the gate, then in the first few games. Yeah, definitely. And it's just because Elijah Moore is super talented. And like you said, Calvin, I think that Elijah Moore could definitely develop into um, Zach Wilson's favorite target. This is also really, really good for Corey Davis, just because 
it's nice to have some pressure taken off of him with a guy that's talented like Elijah Moore. So I'm very happy to have Corey Davis on my dynasty team. Yeah. But yeah, definitely a really good fit. Um, like we've talked about. And then I definitely like how high you have him. I have him higher than consensus, not as high as you, Calvin, but uh, I definitely like him a lot. Yeah, I mean, this is probably one of my boldest takes, having him at six when he's more of like a late first in most rankings. But I mean, with Zach Wilson, there's not much to hate. I mean, Zach Wilson has an incredible arm and this is going to be a pass first offense. LaMichael Pirine is from a previous coaching staff. I don't expect him to do anything. Michael Carter is a fourth round pick and I don't really think he has much of a ceiling. He's kind of just like a the very mediocre version of Javante Williams. So I don't really think he's that great in terms of, I, he's a good tackle breaker, but he's just not too explosive. And uh, that's going to be a little bit concerning for me, mm-hmm. but you have Elijah Moore at 10, but who is your number six? My current number six is Travis Etienne. And just because I think that he's, despite James Robinson, I think eventually he's going to take over that role. And he's a super talented back, great at finding his way into the end zone. And the Jaguars got um, left right tackle Walker Little. So now they've got Cam Robinson on the out on the left at left tackle. Walk a little at right tackle. They've got a really good offensive line that they're building right now. So that's going to be really good for once Travis Etienne does take over that backfield, which I think is inevitable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think it's as inevitable as you say, but I think it in year three, he should be really, really good. I have him low. Like this is also one of my bolder takes. I have him at eight when a lot of people have him way higher. I have even Jalen Waddle ahead of him who I know we've talked about how Jalen Waddle isn't, is pretty overrated, but, the draft capital there, draft capital matters a lot in terms of it's one of the most predictive, obvious, it seems sounds obvious, but it's one of the most predictive uh, college to NFL things is what draft capital was spent on them. And Jalen Waddle was picked at number six overall. That doesn't happen often for a wide receiver. And I know he has trouble. He's, he has pretty bad hands, to be honest, but I don't really see another problem with him other than that. So if he can overcome his hands and become just like a speedster threat, I'm not going to say Tyreek Hill because nobody's like Tyreek Hill, but like his own type of Tyreek Hill, then that'd be really awesome for fantasy. And that's why I have him at number seven because he's in a good spot in Miami. Tua Tagovailoa is a guy he's played with before. And um, Will Fuller only has one year over there and he's made of glass. So I think there should be a lot of opportunity for Jalen Waddle, which should help his production. Yeah, the thing with Jalen Waddle is – I love this situation, and, and oh my goodness, if this was Devontae Smith, I I would have him so high. But I just don't love the player here with Waddle. I don't think he's that talented, and I think that he could be, uh, looking for the word, I think he could be just like, I don't really know the word, but he could just be kind of stuck in that deep threat role where I don't think he's going to be that talented. He's a playmaker, but I genuinely think that there were better options here for the Dolphins just because I don't trust Jalen Waddle's hands. I don't think they're that good. NFL corners, I feel like, are going to have a field day. If they if if he's not able to get a ton of separation, he decelerates when he catches the football, and then he brings it into his body. So that just totally shortens up the length and stuff of where he's catching the ball. That's going to make it so much easier for NFL corners to catch up because his biggest skill is getting separation, but a lot of times he relinquishes that with how he catches the ball and how he decelerates. So I just don't trust him to be able to make the plays that I think a lot of people can just because I think it's going to be tough for him to – to find the ball in his hands. The place where I think he's going to be the most active is plays like screen passes and uh, jet sweeps and all those different areas where you're able to really easily get the ball in his hands and give him some room to work. But I don't think that's enough to put him as a top five guy. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Waddle is behind Devonta Smith easily for me, behind Elijah Moore in just talent-wise. And then you mm-hmm. can make a case for Kadarius Tony or Terrace Marshall to even be better than him. Yeah. All right, uh, so he's your number eight guy. You actually have Rashad Bateman ahead of him at seven. I have Elijah Moore at six and Waddle at seven and ETN at eight. But if you want to talk about Rashad Bateman at seven, this is, I mean, I've seen a lot of people saying don't fade Bateman, but I find it hard to trust him with Lamar Jackson as the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you there, Calvin. And the biggest reason that uh, that I do have Bateman there is because I think that he's going to be the number one wide receiver in a very high-powered offense that's scoring a lot of touchdowns. And so even though though he might not be the biggest red zone target, there's going to be a lot of room to go around and a lot of yards. So I do like Bateman. Teams aren't going to be playing that much double coverage on him. They're going to have to have a QB spy on Lamar, you know. They've got a really good running game, so they're going to have to worry about J.K. Dobbins. I think that Rashad Bateman is a pretty talented wide receiver that's thrust into a perfect situation. So 
I just like what he's going to be able to do. I He's not my favorite wide receiver in terms of skill, but he's one of my favorites in, turn of, in terms of position. I think that people are kind of hating on Lamar Jackson a little bit for some reason this year. He's a super talented quarterback, and he's going to do really well with a, a true number one wide receiver, in my opinion, to throw to. Okay, I mean, I'm not trying to hate on him as a player, but I'm just thinking of when Marquise Brown got drafted, even higher than Bateman, he was supposed to be that number one. Never really happened. Yeah, I could see a high touchdown volume for Rashad Bateman for sure. That makes a lot of sense to me. But with Tylen Wallace being drafted, who is a better red zone threat than Rashad Bateman, I don't really see, like, I, I don't see a path to being a dominant wide receiver one. I mean, maybe he is the one, but you've already got Mark Andrews, who's going to get the most targets, I think, no matter what, in my opinion then maybe Bateman could be pretty safely into the two. But if he fills that Marquise Brown role, like I feel like Marquise Brown role is one of his better case scenarios. So I can't, uh, can't really see him having a path to success. It's I, I could see him potentially improving Lamar. If we had already seen something like that, maybe it's an Allen to dig scenario, but it didn't work with Hollywood. So I don't think it works with uh, Bateman. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Number nine, Chris, you'll like this as a giants fan. Kadarius Tony, I actually, this is really interesting for me. I feel like I'm way higher on Daniel Jones than most people are. And so that's why I have Kadarius Tony way up here at number nine, because if Daniel Jones breaks out, like I think he will, Kenny Galladay will be a wide receiver one in fantasy and, uh, or at least close to there. But I think Kadarius Tony can fill a nice wide receiver two role, get a few screens a game, stuff like that. There's a, definitely a drop-off for me as well as like the drop-off after number five there's that's actually not as big for me as the drop-off after number seven because I don't I have Etienne at eight and then Tony at nine Tony is not going to be like Elijah Moore I don't Mm -hmm. think he's going to be like even Jalen Waddle I still would rather have definitely rather have Waddle in fantasy but if Daniel Jones can break out there's going to be enough to have two solid receivers in that offense along with Evan Ingram yeah definitely and I think that Tony fills a void that Giants offense was with, I mean, it's going to be a perfect combination. They've got John Ross as kind of a, you know, a fifth guy that maybe he could end up doing well as a deep threat. And you've got Darius Slayton, who's a really proven deep threat. He's been really good over the last few years for Daniel Jones on those deep balls. Sterling Shepard to play out of the slot. Kadarius Toney to play kind of as your uh, seed guy, elusive guy, jet sweep, sort of a Curtis Samuel type role. And then Kenny Galladay, who's your target monster, you know, getting all these red zone target. So it's a really a perfect fit for Kadarius Tony, in my opinion. And uh, I'm not as high on him as you are, Calvin, but I definitely do like him. I think more than consensus. Yeah, I think initially, though, I think he's going to start right away, which will be good. I think he'll be the wide receiver three in that offense to start off because um, the most teams play in 11 personnel with three wide receivers for most of the time. But uh, and then Sterling Shepard will keep his slot targets, but Sterling Shepard could leave after this year. And there's Nobody else, I mean, even if he doesn't, I feel like Tony will get used to the offense a little bit more. Then in year two, after we've seen a proven Daniel Jones, after maybe Shepard's gone or after he's, Tony starts to take a bigger target share late in the season, people will be jumping on that train. I'm just letting you know there might be some struggles in year one. But if there are, I mean, this is a guy you should be looking to buy low in Dynasty, I feel like, mm-hmm. unless Daniel Jones is just trashing it up, in which case, avoid it. But I really... I think Daniel Jones actually showed noticeable improvement. The takes that Daniel Jones has not shown improvement are lazy. He's worked hard on his game, and Chris knows it as a Giants fan who watched all the games, that Daniel Jones actually has improved. The injury just overshadowed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, and, yeah, it's, that improvement is often something you can't really see in the stats. In fact, like, it's kind of the opposite because – one of his problems was throwing, making some terrible throws and throwing it, throwing interceptions or maybe fumbling the ball. But instead of doing those things, he just throws it away, which is just an incompletion that doesn't show up in the stats, but it's big that he's not taking crazy risks. Like he sometimes did. Uh-huh. Yep. All right. So you're number nine. This is the first quarterback that you have, and it is Trevor Lawrence. I have a, uh, my number nine was Tony, like I said, but yeah, they, I don't think there's much to talk about with Lawrence. I'm just interested that he is, I mean, clearly above, like, a dual threat like Trey Lance for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> Sorry, Calvin. <laughs> Can you repeat that? My mic was being all glitchy. Oh, okay. No, I was just saying, I was interested that he's clearly above Trey Lance for you because... Oh, like... yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I was confused. It came in, like, Trey Lance, and then it was, like, blank dual threat. I was like... Oh, okay. Trey Lance. But, uh... 
because I know you have Trey Lance ranked higher. But um, yeah, I really like Trevor Lawrence just because I think he's extremely talented and he is the best quarterback in this class. I don't see how you can have him low. I mean, he's super talented. He's got a great receiving core, a great offensive line, and two great running backs. Now, he's in the perfect situation to perform. And, uh, you know, the defense isn't very good, so they're going to be getting the ball a lot because other teams are going to be scoring a lot, you know. <laughs> so they're going to be stuck in some high-scoring games, and uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to be throwing a lot of passes. I really like what he's going to do. And he can run the ball a little bit. He's definitely going to be a guy that's going to rush in for a few touchdowns. So I like what he's going to be able to do. He's definitely my number one quarterback, and I have him inside my top 12. All right. Yeah, I mean, I will – I have Trevor Lawrence at 13. I have him grouped with a lot of other people. He's actually my quarterback three for fantasy. My quarterback two overall. I don't disagree that he's talented. But there's reasons that I have Trey Lance and Zach Wilson above, and that's just purely for fantasy production. I I mean, I'm not trying to argue that Lawrence isn't talented. Again, I understand having him at nine. He's super safe. And, I mean, if I were you in your rankings, I would definitely consider putting Elijah Moore ahead. But I like where you have him overall based on where your rankings shaked out. So... Uh, I mean, yeah, I have him at 13, but basically I can definitely understand having him at nine and yeah, I'll, I'll get to my quarterbacks in a little bit, but let's just talk about our number tens first. You have Elijah Moore there. So, I mean, I guess we already kind of talked about him Mm -hmm. and I have Terrace Marshall who is kind of the number three wide receiver in that Panthers offense behind DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. But I think he's good enough to jump over Robbie Anderson and the Panthers are slowly improving. I think Matt rules a really good coach. So even if Darnold isn't the solution, for the next two years, then maybe it's somebody else. And I think Marshall's talented enough to even perform with a bad quarterback. So I, this guy, he's a good red zone, really good red zone threat, really talented guy. So I think he can start right away and be at least solid right away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that Terrace Marshall, he's going to serve as mainly a deep threat, but I don't trust his talent enough. I mean, yes, people are super hyped about him. Like they were Justin. I mean, because of how good Justin Jefferson is, but he's still the number three in that offense for now. But the quarterback that I don't think is very good in Sam Darnold. So I think that this team is going to be a main, a run first team that's going to run their offense through Christian McCaffrey. And uh, I don't see that. I think DJ Moore is the future there. Robbie Anderson is going to be good while he's there. And so I just don't think that there's enough room right now for Terrence Marshall. I mean, if you're picking him, I think he's more of a future pick because for now, I don't think that he's going to be a very fantasy relevant player. Yeah, it's interesting because his consensus is sort of late first, early second. I have him at 10, which is higher, and you have him at 19, which is mm-hmm. a little bit low for me. I, I mean, you have him behind guys like Amon Ross St. Brown and Tylen Wallace. I can understand your concerns. I just feel like 19 is a little bit low because, I mean, I do. I, I know there's medical concerns, but I feel like Terrace Marshall is a good player. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I mean, if you want to go over Elijah Moore, you can, but I think the... Yeah, we already <laughs> talked about Elijah. Everyone knows how much you love Elijah Moore. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, number 11, I'll get to my quarterbacks. I guess you have Rondale. So do you want to talk about Rondale first, or should I talk about my quarterbacks? Well, I'll talk about Rondale, just because I, I really like him as a, as a massive playmaker, and we talked about him a little bit earlier as well, but he's going to fit really well into that offense with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. So he's going to be facing single coverage and he is super fast, and he's able to get a ton of separation. So when he's facing single coverage, I think that's when he's going to be best. Um, this team is definitely going to be a pass-heavy team, that air raid on offense with Cliff Kingsbury. So anytime you're a number two in that offense, behind, especially behind a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, you're going to be really good. And he's a semi-talented wide receiver, not one of my favorites, but the situation is just too – I can't ignore it. You know, So I, I have him at number 11. Yeah, and maybe I'm being a little bit too concerned about like how Andy Isabella was kind of sort of like the same player as almost as Rondale Moore, not the same, but like very similar. And he didn't end up doing very well. Maybe I shouldn't just be reading into one receiver, but with the injury history, he could just become like a Will Fuller guy. And I feel like he might be a little bit overrated based on speed. It wasn't like he was drafted in like the first round, but I have him at 16. Just, I mean, there are some guys I like a little bit better. Actually, hmm. I'm actually trying to think. I might move him up a couple spots. He might go up to like number 14, or I might move Bateman down because I just don't really like Bateman that much. I think I'm mm-hmm. actually going to – Rondale will go up to 15. I'm going to bump Bateman down to 16 just because I don't really – I mean, I don't trust uh, – I mean, he might even go down to like 17 behind Michael Car- – er, he might go down to 17. I can't decide. Yeah, he's going down to 17 behind Michael Carter. I really just don't trust him with Lamar Jackson. I understand where you're coming from, though. It could definitely be an Allen Dick situation with that. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. So yeah, I I just I stated my concerns with Rondale, but my 11, 12, and 13 is pretty interesting. It's all quarterbacks. Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, J- Trevor Lawrence. You guys, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that I actually had Trey Lance as my quarterback five talent-wise and heading into the draft, just because I thought Mac Jones was a lot more pro ready. But for fantasy, this is awesome because Trey Lance landed in possibly the best situation out of any of the quarterbacks in the draft in San Francisco. He can sit behind Jimmy G or maybe play right away. A lot of people have been reporting that Trey Lance is actually more pro ready than I initially thought. So Trey Lance, he came from division two, didn't play that much competition, but this is a guy who can be a run first quarterback, which is so big for fantasy. If he can be like Cam Newton and or Lamar Jackson and pile up like 800 rushing yards. He doesn't even have to be that good of a passer. That's why I have him above Zach Wilson. Wilson's at 12, mainly because I feel like he could be, he really does. I've watched him. He really does have the potential to be Josh Allen or Aaron Rodgers or something like a, a version of Patrick Mahomes. He has that potential. And then Lawrence 13, he's super, super safe. And I like him for the reasons you've said, Chris, that because he's a generational talent, he's got some good receivers and some good running backs. And then I've got Justin Fields at number 14 because Fields could also be that guy who's just an insane running quarterback. But I mean, I'm just concerned about his awareness against the blitz, his ability to get out at the right time, stay in, uh, not stay in too long, not get out too soon. Just And he got away with it because of his athleticism in college a lot, but he might not in the NFL. And... Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to move Rondale ahead of Justin Fields. So Fields is 15, Rondale's 14. He's getting a bump, Chris. I am getting convinced by your argument. <laughs> All right. So let's see. You've got Kadarius at 12, Trey Lance at 13, Zach Wilson at 14, and then Michael Carter at 15. So since I just went over that range, you can just give your analysis on all those guys. Yeah. Number uh, at, uh, 12, I have to about Trey Lance. You know, I love him as a dual threat quarterback. Zach Wilson, just a massive playmaker, and he's thrust into a really good situation. Um, I don't trust him to run as well as Trey Lance does, and in some ways I actually like Trey Lance a little bit better as the quarterback, and he's got a much better offensive line, which I really like, so I have him just one spot ahead of Zach Wilson. And then Michael Carter, the running back for the New York Jets. It's really important, like I said, to get these good running backs, and uh, I think – I, I don't see why why Michael Carter can't be really good. He was really good at UNC, overshadowed a, li- a little bit by Javante Williams, but he's still uber-talented, and, um, I mean, he's in a perfect situation, and they got a good guard for him to run behind Elijah Vera Tucker, so I really like that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind make, ranking Carter at 15 because he's at a position of premium. I have him at 16. I share your analysis. I just don't think he has the ceiling – but, I mean, he did play well at UNC. And uh, the coaches liked him as much as they liked Javante Williams, which does say something. Great at breaking tackles. Not as good as Williams, but still really, really good. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so, 17, I have Bateman, who I talked about. I feel like with I, it's I'm not trying to – or maybe I am. I don't know. Maybe I am trying to hate on Rashad Bateman. I feel like people th- – it's – Twitter on Twitter, there were a lot of Rashad Bateman truthers who had him really high, and they're just I feel like they're trying to convince themselves. They said people said all off season. Here, here's what I don't understand, Chris, and I'm not criticizing you because you haven't like been on the Rashad Bateman train, and you I feel like aren't really flipping your opinion just to support your narrative. But a lot of time, what I've been seeing is all off season. It's like please don't let Rashad Bateman go to Baltimore. Please don't let Rashad Bateman go to Baltimore. Rashad Bateman goes to Baltimore, and then you're suddenly like not you, but people are suddenly like, oh, well, he's going to make Lamar Jackson really good. It's or it's like he's going to suddenly do, like suddenly you're changing your opinion. And I'm not saying that opinion's invalid once again, but you thought that Lamar Jackson was going to ruin Terrace, uh, Rashad Bateman, hoped he didn't go there. And then when he went there, you can't just change your mind. I feel like people are overrating Rashad Bateman and forgetting about their analysis in the offseason Although, I mean, I feel like your argument is also a little bit different than other people's, Chris, because it's a lot centered on how Lamar Jackson can get his teams to the red zone and throw a lot of touchdowns. So even if Bateman doesn't get the most yards, he can have a pretty high touchdown rate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And obviously touchdowns are fluky, but I'm just, I don't, I don't like the narrative switching that I see a lot of the times. Not again, mm-hmm. not from you, from other people. Yeah. All right. Uh, so yeah, Bateman's at 17. 
Uh, you have Justin Fields at 16. And I think you share sort of the same concerns that I have. Although, would you agree that he could, he like has the tools to become like that great rushing quarterback, top five fantasy quarterback, top three even? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. But I just don't trust his decision-making, and I think that's going to cost him in the turnover realm. And we've seen a quarterback like Daniel Jones, who's struggled with turnovers, though he's improved. And when he doesn't turn the ball over, he does really well. But when he has turned the ball over, that's hurt him a lot. Because not only are you losing points on that interception and fumble, but you're losing an opportunity to score a touchdown and get fantasy points, to throw more yards and get fantasy points. So uh, I just don't trust his decision-making that much. But you can't deny his potential, and that's why I have him at number 16. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, and my number 18 is your number 17, Amon Ross St. Brown. Like, we know they have Rashad Perriman, but we know they have Tyrell Williams, but this is one of the rare times that I'm going to say the Lions' fourth-round pick could potentially be the wide receiver one in that offense nearly right away. He's a guy that isn't – he has some flaws. He's not the most talented. That's why he dropped a little bit. But with Jared Goff there, Jared Goff is going to have to rely on anyone – that he can possibly find as a weapon. That means TJ Hawkins is getting a ton of targets. But it's nice mm-hmm. that they have TJ Hawkins because then Amon Ra can really step into the maybe the second leading target guy or even the third behind DeAndre Swift and still be productive because there's a lot of vacated targets there with Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones both leaving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And it, this is really just, I don't know how talented he is, but he's, I mean, if he has a good enough season, he's he could be the number one wide receiver in this offense. Yeah, he could. And so that's exciting potential. That's why I have him at number 17. I'm going to try and grab him in the second round of our draft today. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't put him as a first rounder or anywhere close, really, just because we know he's not he's not as talented as the guys we've talked about above. And he's not as talented as some of the guys behind him. I mean, I feel like Diami Brown, who I have at 19, is the more talented player. But, I mean... It, we Amon Ra's in a great situation, and you have to count that as part of your analysis. Mm-hmm. Yep. Your number 18 is interesting. This is a guy I don't have in my rank, or actually I do have him at 22. Tylen Wallace is your number 18, and I'm interested to hear why. Uh, Yeah, I think that this is just another pick because I'm one of these uh, Ravens wide receivers is going to work out. And while I do think it's Rashad Bateman, I think there's room for a number two here also. And again, this high-powered offense. I also think that Thailand Wallace, if Rashad Bateman doesn't do well, could be really good. This is just a high upside pick. That uh, That's the main reason I have him here. I think I'll actually move him one spot below Terrace Marshall, but uh, I, I like I like Thailand Wallace at 19. Okay. Yeah, and that that's actually pretty close to where I have him because he is kind of a red zone threat guy, which could be good for that like touchdown stuff that you're talking about. Fourth-round mm-hmm. pick, not bad in terms of draft capital. But in, in that, with the small passing pie, I'm not going to rely on a fourth round pick to be anything other than a late second for me in fantasy. Yep. But uh, number 19, I have Diami Brown, who is not in your rankings. I, I mean, I can understand it, but I think Brown could be step in as the wide receiver three in this offense. He is a guy who has been compared a lot to another Washington receiver, Terry McLaurin. And if he is as good as people say he is with the third round draft capital and with a lot of people like what I like to look for in a wide receiver is not only the draft capital, but if there are a lot of like truthers who people who really love him, there are Chris Sims, the whole football team is like obsessed with this guy. And I mean, other guys, people as well. I mean, I'm not having names pop into my head right now, but I know there are a lot of people who really, really like Diami Brown. So he could step into that wide receiver three role. He's not in a good situation, as uh, as good of a situation as Amon Ra. And with Curtis Samuel and McLaurin locked up for like three or four more years each, like he, this, he's going to have a tough path to targets. I'll admit it. And But especially with Antonio Gibson there as well. But mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. He could be and the, solid the team still doesn't have a defined quarterback. I mean, while their offense is going to be better, it's not going to be some super high powered scoring offense yes they have good pieces but they still haven't come full circle with a really good quarterback and last year I mean this team was not very good offensively their strength is their defense so when people think that just because they have a good wide receiver group they're going to be a high powered offense with Ryan Fitzpatrick it's not going to happen I don't think there's enough room just yet for De'Ami Brown uh, to score points I mean if we were talking about a team like the Chiefs where De'Ami Brown was the wide receiver three I absolutely love him but right now I just don't trust that football team offense to do a ton I think their real strength is going to be their defense. I think with Fitzpatrick, he could be good, but I understand it. And I think because of that, there's probably a tier drop after 18. Um, but like, I'm trying to 19, when you, when you put it that way, 19 feels a little high, but then I look at who I see have behind him 
Josh Palmer. Yeah, they spent third round capital on him, but I mean, they spent capital on Mike Williams as well. And then they have, uh, what's that guy's name? The, the, um, oh my gosh, why am I blanking? Keenan Allen? <laughs> no, not him. I know who Keenan Allen is. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of who that other like wide receiver three is. Chargers wide receivers. Um, it, Tyron Johnson. Yes, that's the guy. Uh, he Jalen and Jalen Guyton. Those are the two. I was like getting them mixed up. I was like thinking of Jalen and like Johnson. And I was those two guys uh, have taken some targets as well. And I don't think the Chargers are giving up on Mike Williams just yet. So Josh Palmer, yeah, he could be good. I maybe maybe I understand having him ahead of Diami, but I'm not sold on this guy. Even though he actually did get picked ahead of Diami Brown, I think Brown's the better player. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So you have, I guess your 18 is Terrace Marshall, 19 is Tylen Wallace. Josh Palmer for you is 23, but you have Trey Sermon at number 20. Yeah, uh, Trey Sermon is just a back that I like just because of his talent. So I think that's the main reason that I have him as high as I do. I obviously don't like the situation, but things for talented players, there's always going to be a path to success in the NFL for them. And so I have him low because I think that that's going to be tough to find, but I do think he has the talent to be able to uh, to, to find that role that, I think that he does deserve. He's really just in a stinky situation, which really stinks. And like I said earlier in the show, I was super high on him going into this draft. I wasn't telling Calvin actually because I wanted to sneak him out in our rookie draft in like <laughs> second round or something. But uh, I don't have a anyways, second round pick. You don't need to worry. Yeah, it's just uh, so disappointing. But I still like him at twenty. I'm still gonna maybe try and buy him, especially if he falls to the third round, which I think is unlikely but possible. If we were using my rankings, he would because, I mean, I have Sermon. He was in my rankings. Then I had some guys I, that bumped him back out. He's probably my number 25 or 26 guy. So mm-hmm. um, I understand why you like him. I understand why you like his talent just because he really showed out at the end of the year. But it's the, the rest of his college career wasn't really that impressive to me. So that's kind mm-hmm. of why I have him there. Yep. Okay. Uh, so we I guess we've run through our top 20 sort of. So I guess we can get 21 through 24 done pretty quick because we want to get to our main sleepers. Uh, Number 21 for me is Nico Collins, and Chris has him at number 24. We can talk about him in a little bit because that's one of Chris's big sleepers for, like, a guy who could be a late second, early third. Uh, I mean, I've seen him different in a lot of rankings. Like, I've seen him late second in some. Chris saw him as third round in some, maybe even, like, late third in some rankings, places like Mm -hmm. that. And then I have Wallace at 22, who I already talked about. Tutu Atwell at 23. He's just too small. He wasn't a, an yeah. outlier like Devontae Smith. And he's in mm-hmm. an offense with Cooper Cup and uh, Robert Woods already. And then Chuba Hubbard at 24. Get him. I mean, I actually like him, Hubbard, better than um, Tutu Atwell. I'm going to move him up, actually probably above Tutu Atwell and Tylen Wallace, just because if McCaffrey gets hurt, he could be a pretty good player, good handcuff mm-hmm. to have. He's the only other guy yeah. there in the running back room. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, so your 21 is Kenneth Gainwell. Then you have Ramondre Stevenson, Josh Palmer, and Nico Collins to wrap up your mm-hmm. f- top yep. two. And I think I'm actually going to uh, t- move Chuba Hopper up to number 22 and take out Ramondre Stevenson. I'm just thinking about this Patriots running back room. I kind of forgot about Sony Michelle a little bit there. <laughs> And uh, so I think I'm putting Chuba Hubbard at 22 just because of McCaffrey's injury risk. So he's going to be an insanely good handcuff. Okay. And then, uh, so let's, I guess we can get to sleepers because Nico Collins was one of them. We got four main guys here and we already talked. Okay. So Josh Palmer is one of them. He's not, he, he has a, um, he got third so round draft. Really counted, and a lot of the reason we didn't get to see him play a ton was because the Tennessee passing game was so lacking. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so we didn't get to see a ton of skill from him. So I think that's why he's going a little bit underrated, but he's super talented. And I love where he is with Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert is a really good development quarterback and he's going to be that number two in that offense if he continues to play well. So I'm excited about him. Yeah. Palmer and Collins are like late second guys that were calling sleepers. Cause I mean, they do count. And then the other two guys and especially Palmer is the other two guys are more third rounders because yeah, Palmer's third round draft capital might boost him up boards more than we would have liked, but I can understand mm-hmm that he does have some upside as well. But let's talk Nico Collins. He could be a late second-round pick in rookie drafts as well, like I said. But, I mean, the te- Texans don't really have many guys. Uh, they traded up in the third round to to get him, and they don't really have anyone other than Brandon Cooks. I mean, they do, but it's, like, disgusting. Like, Dante, Dante Moncrief and, like, just other guys. I feel like Nico Collins could be the two in this offense by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
And it's not a very good offense, especially if Deshaun Watson leaves. But there's it's worth a shot. And like you said, mm-hmm. Chris, I mean, you, I think you saw in Fantasy Pros, he was ranked really, really low, like wide receiver 30 or something crazy. Yeah. So you mm-hmm. might be able to steal him. Yep. Third guy, this is the guy that I like to ride. Jalen Darden out of North Texas. He was a fourth-round pick to Tampa Bay. And, I mean, you're seeing that. But, I mean, like I've talked about, 61% of his team's uh, receiving yards and receiving touchdowns, that's absolutely ridiculous last year. And, uh, yes, he is in Tampa Bay with Godwin, A.B., Mike Evans, and Gronk. Godwin, Antonio Brown, and Rob Gronkowski are all in contract years this year. There's a very real chance that two of them leave. And even if they don't leave this year, maybe next year. So Jalen Darden is a guy who's really, really talented. The Bucks spent on because they know they might have a hole at wide receiver pretty soon. And yes, he has to compete with guys like Tyler Johnson and Scotty Miller. But Darden has the potential to be better than all of those. And this is probably a third guy you can get in your third round. So if you're in need of some wide receiver help, he's a guy to look for. Mm-hmm. Yep. And unfortunately, because this running back class isn't really that good, there aren't really any running back sleepers other than like Trey Sermon. Like Chris said, I don't really like Sermon as much. But the last guy we're going to talk about, this is a really deep one. This is, he's probably a mid, maybe late third rounder. He could even slip to the fourth in your draft if people don't know who he is. Cornell Powell on the Kansas City Chiefs. He was a fifth round pick. But what I like about Cornell Powell is his route running. And while it's maybe not anything special, it's better than what they have. Their receivers, Tyreek Hill, I mean, Hill's a good route runner, but he's known for his speed. McCole Hardman, Demarcus Robinson, these are not like Byron Pringle, not great route runners. Cornell Powell could end up being one of the best route runners on this team, and Mm -hmm. that could get him some playing time, potentially. Like, he could even ascend eventually to the wide receiver two role, and because of his draft capital, you got to fade him a little, but... He's also faded by others in drafts. Like he's not going until like early third round at the earliest, but probably mid third round. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people have three round rookie drafts. Some people have four rounds, but yeah, just check out these rankings. We're not going to post them on the website. I might post them on my Twitter at Calvin underscore SGF. But if you just want to re-listen to any rankings, uh, I guess we can just, I'll just read them off for you guys real quick right now so that you guys can have like one reference in case you're doing your rookie drafts. And mm-hmm. I might post them on Twitter as well. So mine yep. are Najee Harris, Jamar Chase, Javante Williams, Kyle Pitts, Devonta Smith, Elijah Moore, Jalen Waddle, Travis Etienne, Kadarius Tony, Terrace Marshall, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, Rondale Moore, Justin Fields, Michael Carter, Rashad Bateman, Amon Ross St. Brown, Diami Brown, Josh Palmer, Nico Collins, Chuba Hubbard, Tylen Wallace, Tutu Atwell uh, is my top 24. Um, Chris has Najee Harris, Jamar Chase, Javante Williams, Kyle Pitts, Devonta Smith, Travis Etienne, Rashad Bateman, Jalen Waddle, Trevor Lawrence, Elijah Moore, Rondale Moore, Kadarius Toney, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, Michael Carter, Justin Fields, Amon Ross St. Brown, Terrace Marshall Jr., Tylen Wallace, Trey Sermon, Kenneth Gainwell, Chuba Hubbard, Josh Palmer, and Nico Collins. Mm-hmm. All right. That was the end of the episode. I had fun. This was a longer one, but you can follow our Twitter at Calvin underscore SGF at Chris underscore SGF. Chris isn't as active, but you can follow him anyway at SG sports talk at SGF pod. Make sure to follow our live show there. Search second goal sports talk on YouTube. Also for weekly live shows, we will be going on hiatus for the next two weeks, but we'll be back later and you can always watch our draft coverage and our previous shows as well. You can watch our mm-hmm. final mock draft show to see how much we got. Right. Yep. All right. That's the end of the episode. Thanks for listening, everyone. Go check out the Goal Line Gab podcast, the podcast that I mentioned in the ad read at the beginning of the show. And uh, we will see you next time.